3: All right, we are back on the Doctor Dolly show 1877-Dr. Dolly, 1877-D-O-C-D-A-L-I. So happy leap day. February 29th is leap day. It only happens 25% of the time, or in our lives, which means, and I wrote this on social media, if you do call out of work, there's a 75% chance no one's gonna notice. Because again, leap day only happens a quarter of the time. Why do we have Leap Day? I know people think it's ridiculous. I'm not upset about Leap Day. I'm upset that February is a short month. I think we get screwed every February. We are paying for a full month's rent. We are paying for a whole 30 to 31 days of mortgage. We are paying monthly bills. And we get less salary. So I think we get screwed. Every February. So I think February, we need to change that. Or if we can't change the calendar, minimize our rent, we should pay less. We should pay less if we're not getting our full month. But why do we have leap day? So it takes about 365 days for the Earth to revolve around the sun. But it's not 365.0000. It's 365.242 something. So, if you only had that sort of mathematical calculation where you round it down, after a while that 0.24 something adds up. Well, 4.24s are close to one. And that's why we add an extra day every four years. To even things out. I know it kind of seems arbitrary. And it's fascinating how we got our calendar. But apparently it helps keep things a little bit more smooth when it comes to harvesting, etc. So I, I wrote a little piece on this a while back. Why do we even have a short month of February? So in Roman times, the calendar was 10 months long. January, February didn't exist. The year ran from March to December, where March was the beginning of the year, beginning of the harvest. But according to folklore, Roman King Numa Papilius, back in 713 BC, wanted to align the calendar with the lunar year. So he tacked on a couple more months before March. Those two months had 28 days, therefore bringing the Roman calendar. Now to 355 days. But uh, Roman uh, King Numa Papilius was superstitious. Even numbers were considered taboo. He didn't want any months to have even days. So all of them had to have either 29 days or 31. But in order to have the whole year winding up, then on an odd number, one month had to have even days. So there had to be some sort of an exception so he kept februarius at 28 days being it's unlucky but because it's unlucky that's going to be the shortest month so that's how he was able to make it all end on an odd number so martius for march 31 days aprilius 29 days maius 31 days Iunius for June, 29 days. Quintilis, 31 days. Sextilis, 29 days. September, just called September, 29 days. October, 31 days. November, 29 days. December, 29 days. Then they made January, February, 29 to 28. Now, the number of days in February did fluctuate until Julius Caesar decided to make the calendar closer to the. 365 solar calendar. He was instructed by astronomers to add a leap day to account for the discrepancy between the lunar and solar calendars. But then there were issues. Pope Gregory the 13th needed to adjust the Julian calendar when he created the Gregorian calendar. And so, according to Wire.com, though the Julian calendar was more accurate than what preceded it, it wasn't as accurate as it needed to be because the Earth year was 11 minutes short of the 365 and a quarter days. It's 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, 46 seconds. That was by 2nd sec- century AD they figured this out. In 1582, the calendar ended up being 10 days out of whack. Easter fell too late and it was way into the spring. So Pope Gregory the 13th tweaked the Julian calendar subtracting three leap years every 400 years unless they are divisible by 400. So we don't celebrate leap year all the time. I don't think we celebrate it in 2000. We celebrated it in 1700, 1800, 1900 but not in 2000. So you can't just do the leap day also. You have to, every 400 years, skip it to even it all out. So for those of you that are like, okay, I don't know what the hell's going on. Why don't we just change it back? Uh, We got bigger fish to fry. We got this stupid spring forward uh, fall back still going on. We got daylight savings time coming up soon. So I got to pick my battles. I'm okay with the whole leap year, leap day. In fact, there's a woman who is celebrating her 100th birthday uh, today, but she technically has only had 25 birthdays. And she's celebrating that today, so happy birthday to her. There's a lot of discounts and goodies that people can get on Leap Day. And, uh, you know, for those people who are Leap-lings, that they call them, for Leap Day birthdays, happy birthday. But if we want any sort of change, we're going to probably have to wait for the next Pope or Roman Emperor to do it. Um, I don't mind, but uh, it uh, uh, I really think we can uh, make some sort of Concessions, uh, because our banks are totally benefiting from this, asking them to cut us some slack on our February when it when we only have three days in February, we're losing three days of what we are paying. That's a, almost a tenth of our rent they're getting for free, a tenth of our mortgage. Which I think is absolutely BS. So I say. Give cut us some slack, save us some money because they're getting extra money. 877 Doc Dolly, don't go away.
4: Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com.
2: Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.
3: All right. We are back on the Dr. Dahlia Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven doc dali One eight seven seven D docdali Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Jason, our producer. And big thanks to you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So President Biden had his physical. We have the results. And, of course, people are questioning where is the cognitive exam. The White House said yesterday that he didn't need one. That a team of doctors looked at him, didn't need a cognitive test. I, um, I beg to differ. I think we all do. I think, as part of our physical, we should. But in his Dr. O'Connor's defense, not all physicals always include one. You would think for the commander in chief, that should be a no brainer, but no pun intended, but not all physicals, as you've noticed. For your own physicals, always entail you getting cognitively evaluated. So in this physical, there was not a cognitive test. And as the White House said, which we'll discuss a little bit later, he didn't need one. So the White House is double downing on that. So how did his physical look? It's fascinating. For his age, for an 81-year-old, looking pretty good. In fact, his doctor says he is robust and fit for the executive duties of the presidency. But... He was diagnosed with sleep apnea. Now, sleep apnea is something I have been begging you all to get tested for because I think many of us have it at a younger age. And if we can intervene with sleep apnea, we can maybe prevent dementia. So sleep apnea, there's a couple types. You're central and you're obstructive. You're obstructive. Apnea means you don't breathe. Apnea means without breathing. And so whereas dyspnea is difficulty breathing. So apnea is where you stop breathing. It could be obstructive, where the tongue is falling to the back of the throat. you got big tonsils, fat neck, your positioning, genetics. Um, And then there's central sleep apnea, where you just stop breathing in your sleep. We diagnose it sometimes by history when somebody says, my wife says, I stopped breathing. Or my spouse says I stop breathing or I snore really, really loud or I have a headache in the morning or I feel exhausted. And we do something called a sleep study. Apparently, President Biden did have a sleep study. I don't know why it took 81 years for him to finally get one, especially since he has atrial fibrillation and other issues. But they did find he had sleep apnea. They put him on positive airway pressure, which forces air in because he was diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea, so it kind of forces the air in, and they say he's responding nicely. So as we're worried about Biden's cognitive changes as he ages, I have said time and time again, I think having CPAP, continuous positive airway pressure, or some sort of treatment for sleep apnea, could save your brain, could help slow down dementia, slow down Uh, or deterioration of the brain. In fact, with concussion and CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy that some of our football players and soccer players get, I think immediately they should be given continuous positive airway pressure, assuming that the brain is healthy post-concussion, to help make sure air is getting in there. In fact, they should be given oxygen right after a brain injury. And so I I think sleep apnea is underdiagnosed. So I found it fascinating that only now it was done. But, again, credit to the doctor for finally doing it. So at least it was done. So let's look at his physical. Uh, Not much changes. It looks like some of it was cut and paste from the previous one. Exact same height and weight from last year although interestingly his height and weight changed uh between his november 2021 and 2023 exam he had actually lost height and gained weight which i thought that was a little interesting but today identical identical to his Previous height and weight. Um, the skin lesion that was on his chest was a basal cell carcinoma. Of all the skin cancers, the basal cell carcinoma is the nicest. You still don't want it because it still could become uh, aggressive, but it's the least um, uh, deadly of all the skin cancers. And so we do like to address it early. So in his physical, they address that the skin lesion was basal cell carcinoma. Um, and so interesting findings was they said that the newest aspect of his exam was the incorporation of adding this positive airway pressure, as was reported in his two thousand and eight medical records. The president had experienced symptoms consistent, but they with apnea, but they said it was improved. After sinus and nasal passage surgeries. You see, I would have checked him sooner than that because of the change in the cognition. So they're saying the reason why they didn't do it sooner, like in his 70s or 60s, is because he had sinus surgery. And I get it. Now we're being a lot more aggressive about sleep apnea. I think sleep studies are going to be a part of our regular physical once the USPSTF decides that that might be worthy. But right now, it's still subjectively added based on, um, you know, the the history. And so uh, in terms of his uh, heart, no new changes, still has persistent atrial fibrillation, which we talked about. Rather than the heart having a, shall we say, electrical impulse that's very consistent, causing your heart to go ba-boom, ba-boom, in atrial fibrillation, the electricity is a little chaotic, so your heart starts to go boop, ba-doop, boop, 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 boop. So you're not getting that good ba boom, that good pump. If you're not getting a good pump with your heart with blood, you could get dizzy, short of breath. That's why atrial fibrillation can be very deadly. In fact, the blood can be sloshing around instead of being pumping uh, consistently. And when blood sloshes around and sits around, what happens? It coagulates. It clots. So somebody with atrial fibrillation is at higher risk for clot. President Biden, thank God, stable with that. He's on a blood thinner to help prevent clotting and has been doing okay with that. He has... um, uh, uh, Pretty good cholesterol based on his current numbers. His LDL um, uh, is down to 68, but he is on resuvastatin, one of my favorite of the statins. So he's doing well with that. Um, He does have frequent uh, clearing of his throat that they think is due to reflux. Again, that could also be a sign of a neurological condition, but the GI doctors feel it's reflux. They have him on Pepsid, Nexium, so... Both um, uh, um, to suppress the acid and affect the acid. He has seasonal allergies, for which he takes Allegra and Dimista, which is a fluticasone, as which is an Astolin Flonase sort of combo. Uh, in terms of his stiffened gait, they blame it on moderate to severe degenerative osteoarthritic change and spondylosis. So changes in his back in his um, uh, joints, causing it. He had a foot fracture a few years back, um, uh, and uh, they blame the gait on that. They do not feel it's related to Parkinson's. But he does have a peripheral neuropathy. Even though they rolled out multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, ascending lateral sclerosis, or cervical myelopathy, he does have peripheral neuropathy of both feet a subtle difference in heat cold sensation so obviously they got to make sure he doesn't have wounds and ulcers he does not have diabetes Thank God, but this peripheral neuropathy could also cause some changes in his gait. So they are prescribing physical therapy um, and uh, continuing that for his flexibility, and they have added more intensive stretching. He has continued dermatological surveillance because of his basal cell carcinoma of the chest. No new skin surgeries or biopsies needed. Good eye exam, good dental exam. But again, nothing on the cognition or the mini mental status exam. So, Kevin O'Connor, uh, Doctor Kevin O'Connor says that his current medical conditions are stable, well controlled. He has obstructive sleep apnea, AFib with normal ventricular response, which tells us that the heart is beating and doing proper pumping. Hyperlipidemia, which is his high cholesterol. Gastroesophageal reflux disease, which could cause heartburn, acid reflux, seasonal allergy, spinal arthritis and sensory peripheral neuropathy of the feet. He's on the medications, as we discussed, and they fit. He is robust. They didn't use vigorous. The last couple of years, they used vigorous, and I think he got some heat for that. So they say he is robust, remains fit to, successively, to successfully execute the duties of presidency. So look, having good teeth, all right, you know, having, uh, um, you know, a... a uh, Resolved skin cancer. Yes, that is nice to for the duties, to for to be fit for the duties of presidency. But this is half the story. Okay, he is maybe physically fit, but FDR was in a wheelchair for part of his presidency. He was still physically fit for presidency. When you're going to say somebody's fit, you have to have the other side. And so... We would still like to see what is cognitive and uh, brain MRI, if there's any atrophy, because he is commander in chief and it's supposed to be making some pretty big decisions here. One eight seven seven doc Dolly, do not go away.
0: Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. news update it's a big day at the u.s mexico border our current president and the former both visiting texas today
3: dual border visits today in texas president biden scheduled to head to brownsville where there have been limited illegal crossings former president trump heading to eagle pass a hot spot which has seen thousands and thousands of illegal crossings
0: usa's laura winters President Biden's physician is confirming his fitness for duty following a routine physical at Walter Reed Wednesday. The president did not undergo a cognitive test. The White House citing doctors' advice that it was unnecessary. Political polling shows many American voters express doubts about Biden's suitability for office due to his advanced age. And it's leap day, February 29th. We won't see another one for four years. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News.
3: We are back on the Dr. Dolly Show. Thank you all for tuning in. one 877 Dolly. Barbara asks, could President Biden's doctor be sued for malpractice for not diagnosing him with cognitive deficit? Okay, I don't know. I'm not a malpractice attorney. I am sure. I am sure that somebody is thinking about that. I Honestly, I do not like to see doctors get sued. And Dr. O'Connor's defense... You are the doctor of the president. You have a duty to the president. You have a duty to medicine. But if the president is not allowing you to do an exam, okay, you cannot come up with a random diagnosis. And if the president does not want you to put in the final letter that... You know, you were asked by Secret Service to not go there. Uh, it, uh, you know he's could be pretty intimidated by that. Now, um, you know, many of us are concerned about our own cognition, and I, I talk about this a lot. I'm worried about mine. What I was able to do in my 20s, what I was able to learn and memorize in medical school, the vocabulary I had to know for my SAT so I could get a 1450 on it. Uh, I couldn't do that now. Is it because I'm older? Is it because of years of diet soda or or pizza and, and processed foods? Is it because of COVID? And so many of us will ignore signs of cognitive deficit because we think, well, I'm not like my grandma was who, was running around naked outside or I'm not like, but you have to stop and identify things extremely early. When I ask for the president to have a cognitive exam, I'm not asking to make fun of him. I'm not asking to hurt him politically. I'm not doing it to rattle the Democrats or support the Republicans. I'm doing it. Because I think we all should, if we're going to be having a physical exam, the physical exam needs to also include brain function. And when our brains start to deteriorate, it could affect our eyes, it could affect our hearing it could affect our communication it could affect our thought process it could affect our emotions it could affect our relationships it could affect our judgment it could affect our health choices addressing the mind is you know we've separated mental health and physical health and for some it works when you separate it and you could get funding for it and you but to me it should be all always included you know, doctors don't always do mental health assessments on everybody. They're asking us to, which is a long time coming, but and should have been, but it's because that takes time. To evaluate somebody mentally, you really need to take the time. But with the way corporate medicine is now, if you only have six to ten minutes each patient, you can barely listen to their heart, lungs, check their prostate, do their pap smear, do everything else you need to do let alone do a full assessment on depression, anxiety, memory. So the president, luckily, gets to rotate, have a team, have multiple um, consults. Although it was only, like, didn't he go yesterday? And didn't it seem to be a quicker visit? Unless he's been doing it all along and they kept it out of the public eye. But if I ever bring this up, You know, it's 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 again, it's not pushing any political narrative as a doctor. When you have somebody who's older and you want to make sure that their physical health is in tip top shape, you want to make sure their mental health is as physically fit. So would a doctor be sued then answering Barbara's question on if they do address mental health? Probably not Biden's doctor. But I could see that later happening, and it's a shame because once you start suing doctors, you you start losing us. We're like, to hell with this. I, honestly, you know, really, we're trying to help you. We're, devo- we're We're sacrificing hours upon hours, our family life, our personal health, to be there for you. And you guys are trying to get settlements and money. So I I, I would not ever encourage that in the least. I would discourage it. But in terms of the concept of being negligent and not doing a comprehensive exam, skipping the cognitive aspect and not catching things early, yes. And the reason why I do later see lawsuits and later I see uh, culpability is because as we're starting to come out with more medications and more interventions, To help minimize brain loss. This one diagnosis doctors get nailed on in malpractice time and time again. It's not that they're cutting off the wrong leg all the time. It's not that they're denying women mammograms and then she ends up getting breast cancer. What they are getting in trouble for is failure to diagnose or a delay in diagnosis. When Michael Douglas had a sore throat... And I think he started having a sore throat at the beginning of the summer. By the end of the summer of that year, he was diagnosed with throat cancer. I remember his wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, was concerned that doctors missed it. And so if you are treating somebody over the phone for strep, and it ends up being throat cancer, and that person could have gotten treatment a month or two prior, then there could be liability there. If somebody argues that you could have intervened with their colon cancer or intervened with their Alzheimer's or intervened months earlier and didn't, there's damages. And so eventually we are going to have to include cognitive evaluations on a regular basis. And so when you look at, um, when you look at the White House, Corrine Jean-Pierre, said quote the president doesn't need a cognitive test that is not my assessment that is the assessment of the president's doctor and also the assessment of his neurologist now i find that odd because most neurologists and doctors feel cognitive tests should be a part of the exam so that already right there is odd she said he passes a cognitive test every day every day she says as he moves from one topic to another topic Understanding the granular level of these topics. You saw him talking about fighting crime today. Tomorrow he's going to the border. Okay, that to me does not clear him of yeah. I, it's taken him almost to the end of his presidency to address or act like he's addressing the border. No. They're talking about one topic at a time, no. And again, I don't want to diagnose him. I don't want to say that Biden has dementia. But I do notice cognitive changes that are concerning. I mean, look at what happened with Bruce Willis. Some of us noticed some things with Bruce Willis. But then we were told two years ago he had aphasia, where he had trouble speaking. And then last year he had dementia. And I'm like, that that could have been a probably identified much sooner. He had early balding. And we talked about the Frank sign in his ear. I think there were signs where maybe things could have been found sooner. I just do not want the president misdiagnosed. And for Jean-Pierre to say that the doctor and neurologist said he does not need a cognitive test is very odd. Most doctors won't say that because of liability. If at all he if somebody does an MRI and we see major brain atrophy or signs of degeneration of the brain now these guys uh, you know could have their licenses evaluated. So mm. odd 1877 Dr. Daly
2: Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.
1: I'm Ben Utec. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type, and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion, so parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology.
4: It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines. Instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families, we all know something big is coming and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare.
3: Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1 877 Docadali. 1 D O C D A L I. So, making headlines, Bradley Cooper talked about how he likes to walk around the house naked. Kids see him naked. His father used to shower with him. And this is a topic that comes up a lot where. Some people grow up in a much more clothing optional household. Others like me, I rarely, my parents were ever naked. They never wanted us to see them naked. We were we always had to cover up. It was yeah so I mean, I remember seeing my dad pee once in a while from behind, but we really weren't that open. Yet one of my very good friends, he said, "Oh, his father walked around the house naked all the time. No big deal. Even when they were teenagers. That was just that's just what he did. So, you know, the question always arises, when do you cover up? When don't you? When is it abnormal? When is it normal? So, just to kind of clarify what happened with Bradley Cooper. I think he's a fantastic actor, by the way. He's 49 years old. He was doing the Dak Shepard Armchair Expert podcast. And he said he grew up with a father who was always nude in their house. So he has a very relaxed approach wearing clothes. And um, he said that his family at the time was naked all the time. And he says, me too. He says, my dad was always nude, always took showers with him. Not his mom, but his dad. And Dax asked, are you quite comfortable nude? He said, totally. Well, again, if I had my Bradley Cooper's body, I would too. So... Men taking showers. So, as a mom of two boys, I, when they were little, they had to be with me in the bathroom. They had to. I, I took my son when he was three months old to go visit my parents, and I was on a plane. I wasn't going to leave my baby alone. When I went to the back of the plane to pee, so I took my son, obviously, he was in a little papoose. I hung him on the door. My kids went wherever I went. That's just what they had to do. If I had to take both boys into the bathroom with me, they did. There's a hotel in my neck of the woods that uh, when we would take them to a movie, they actually had a family bathroom. One of the first to do that, it's a Red Rock casino hotel there was a family bathroom so when the kids were, were young i could at least take them all in there because it's really hard to fit both boys into the stall and i don't want to take a uh, you know a wheelchair uh disability a handicapped bathroom um but uh when i came to showers if i didn't want to leave them alone i would bring their playpen into the bathroom, or I would have them play in the bathroom when I would take a shower. Now the shower at the time when they were younger was kind of like a cave, so there was still some privacy. But I, yeah, I I don't care, you know. But now, you know, would I let my kids see me naked? No, not you know. So I had to pee the other day out in the middle of the woods, and I just needed one of my kids to provide some cover because there wasn't a lot of cover. I wouldn't have cared. If it was any of the kids, I mean, I think when you're family and you're related, because at some point, God forbid, they might have to take care of me. And even though I would not want to burden them with that and, you know, hopefully would be able to have some outside help. um, If they need to help me, they need to help me. And And, you know, being a doctor, we look at nudity a little differently. Because I think people are over-concerned and over-shy. I have patients that will never turn around and look what's in the potty after they go potty. You've you got to take a look at your excrement. Tell me what the urine looks like. Tell me what the stool looks like. Somebody who says they have rectal bleeding. I go, have you taken a mirror and looked down there? You could do that? Well, yeah. Do, do you see a hemorrhoid? Do you see a tear? Do you see a tumor? What do you see? I I don't look. I, well, you got to look at your body. You have to. Okay, you can't be always you know covered. And so, um, what I always tell parents because parents will ask, when should the kids not see you naked? Well, it's when they start to. Some kids will start to feel uncomfortable, or when you feel uncomfortable. There's a there's a sense. You know? I mean kids are curious, so they might look you know, at certain things and wonder. Um, um, and they might ask questions, which is totally fine. You know, but once you start to see that they are getting to an age, you know, sometimes it could be um, six years old, sometimes eight years old. But in terms of dads and their sons, if the dads go to the gym together and they get into the shower, I don't think it's a big deal. You now, if uh, you're short on water and there's barely any water, or there's barely any hot water. So I went, we went whitewater rafting with the kids in Montana, and we were starting to get hypothermic. And we got wet, and whatever they gave us to protect ourselves was not as waterproof as it should have been. So we raced back to the hotel to get into the hot shower. And my son was in the shower, and then, you know, once he warmed up, he started to sing. I'm like, to hell with this. I'm getting in. And he's like, Mom, you know, let let me finish. And I'm like, I am starting to—I have hypothermia. I have got to get under some hot water. Get out or stay. I don't care, but I need the hot water. And that was, I think, maybe he was 10 at the time. So, you know, it—not my finest moment, but— I mean, we're talking survival. I needed hot water and fast, and so you know, you you do what you have to do. Um, but I know people are all shocked going, "Oh my gosh, his father! That would be not, no." I, you know, it, there is a a pride in our bodies, and covering things up, you know, so they don't get accidentally squashed, right? Bit by a spider. Um you don't get accused of assault by being naked and my eyes my eyes but your home is your private you know your 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 private castle. I do think parents should have a conversation with their kids um or understand that some kids might not be comfortable with that. A lot of kids hear their parents have sex. Okay that even though I mean I have family who was poor, so you know there there was only one bed, there was only one room. So it's some you know in 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 the olden days, yes, you saw your parents change, you saw your parents have sex. It just there, it's only a one room you know home, not much you could do. But you know for those of us that do have the luxury, you know just kind of be cognizant that some of our family members might not want to see us naked. Might not want you to jump into the shower with us, right? Might not want to see or smell when you're going number two. But um, as I said, when it comes to ages and young kids, you'll know. You know, when the kid starts to kind of ask questions or starts to want to be more private or starts to want to, then you'll know, okay, okay. But if there is an accidental, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm throwing up or I'm seizing or uh, you have to have a conversation. I have had a conversation with the kids. Don't care about the if you have to perform CPR and the bra is restricting things. Take the lawn shears because the average scissors wouldn't cut it with my bra. Get the lawn shears cut open the bra, do what you got to do to save my life. I don't care if you see the boobies. I don't care about that. But I notice there's so much shame and, and worry about, oh my gosh, if I see somebody naked. In fact, th- there's been studies saying women are going to be less likely to have CPR done on them because people are afraid of being accused of assault. That's why I told you guys on air, I, I will never sue you for assault. Save my life for crying out flippin' loud. But, yes, there is a time when you need to ha- let kids have their privacy and maybe not force your nudity around the house if it makes them uncomfortable. One eight seven seven 877 Dolly, don't go away.